hope you can hear that over the sound of the fridge. Yeah. Otherwise, that was a waste of a tea bag. Yep. But, you know, that's uh, okay. Yep, that's how we roll. So, welcome back to episode 16 of Controllers and Couches. I'm Full Metal Chicken. And I am Steph Fafar. And, and whatever, we just... We bought these new tea bags today because, because we're at the supermarket and I like the look of the box. And we've been eyeing off new Sleepy Time teas. And this is the Twinings Asher Sleep Time Chamomile Peppermint Spearmint and Lemon Peel. And it's a 30 gram box and it's got like 18 tea bags in it. And it says, relax and unwind with the smooth, dreamy taste of our carefully crafted organic herbal infusion. So I thought we'd try it because it kind of smells. It smells nice. It smells like peppery, but not. Yeah. Um, what you got in it, bro? We've got organic chamomile, 30%, organic spearmint, 25%. Oh, that would be the peppery smell, the spearmint and the peppermint. Yeet! So, how are you? Um, I've been editing. Um, I've been working on trying to get stuff back up for my channel. So, anyone who's listening and is interesting, interested in uploads that are coming... Um, just because of time constraints and stuff, I've been working on a another music video. AMV. Yeah, AMV. Um, which I'm doing to the Glitch Mob, and it's kind of a Star Wars mashup. So, yeah, it's kind of a rush job to see how quick I can get it done because it's been a while since I've. When he says rush on. job, we mean he's been working on stuff for four years. Yeah. Just sitting there. Yeah. So this one I've started two days ago. So. What percentage, if you were a loading bar, how, what percentage loaded would you be? Um, at this point, I think I'd probably be about 15%. And how many hours would you estimate you spent? I reckon so far I've probably spent about oh, 8 hours, 8-10 hours. Oh, I reckon I could get... It wouldn't be the same quality as yours, but I reckon... I've, like, I've done 3 or 4 AMVs yeah. in like a space of 8 hours. And I think the problem with mine is because I... You sync everything. I try and sync everything. It was me. I try and tell more of a story and mine's more of like a movement, whereas yours just like, chop, 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 chop. Yep. Jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, swoosh. Yeah. So there's lots of swooshing and lots of jump cuts. So, yeah. Um, yeah that's um, pretty much been that. I haven't read anything except journal articles. You know. <laughs> Which probably not many people are yeah. interested in. So, um... Just being in the lab. Yeah. Enjoying the air conditioning. Yep, that's pretty much it. Aircon and this heat. Plants are dying. Um, I just, I can't deal. I mean, I like it. Yeah, so somewhere where there's snow. Mm. Please, let's move to Canada. Floofs. Canada. Pack your things. Off to Canada. You get a suitcase that you all get to share. And then we get to blame Canada. You take one thing. Blame Canada. Seriously though... My umbrella melted last Friday. I was walking home in the... Was it Friday? No, Thursday, sorry. I was walking home in the 43 degree heat. It's and I thought I'd be smart. And I thought I'd bring my umbrella out. And it literally was so warm that it melted. And then it snapped in half. Jeez. So... I need to get a new umbrella. Oh, I knew there was a reason why I needed to go to the reject shop today. God damn it. Oh well. Yeah, that was um, yeah, beautiful, intense. 
Um, in terms of the lab, we've been doing a lot of sectioning. Yeah. Using a lot of the microtome. Yep. I'm feeling a bit more confident with it. I think I've got my ribbon max down to 15. Nice. So, doing pretty well. Very well. Um, MKR started Sunday. Haven't watched a single episode yet. Yep, nothing. Which is the first time in years, but that's, you know, that's alright. Funny story, Sunday, I was having a massive cleaning session, and I got sunburnt. And when I say a massive cleaning session, I mean like seven hours and I did like five loads of washing and I'm running in and out of the house. And this guy, this man, he messages me, I reckon it was about five o'clock and he's like, oh, we should do the podcast tonight. And I'm like, oh, I didn't have like the research, quotation marks research, you know, simple Google search ready that I wanted to do. So I'm like, oh, I'll add it to my list and I'll just, you know, swap doing this out for doing this. And then this guy decided, nah, we're not going to do it Saturday night. No, we're not going to do it Monday night, as in yesterday. And he didn't want to do it today either. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've gone, sorry, mate. I need to edit this on Wednesday morning. So, yeah, here we are. But I got sunburnt. Which is good. And I haven't sunburnt in years. Not terribly, but like enough to notice that it's there. Yeah. Um, Very much so. In terms of book updates for me... I'm currently still stuck on the same place in Jokora, which is the third book in the um, I'm sure what's it called, Madoran Chronicles by Lynette Noni. But I started Passion, which is the third book in the Fallen series. I read books one, books two, like last year, ages ago. But I needed to actually physically read book three and book 3.5 because they're not on the audiobook catalogue for the Borrow Box app. So... I can't give myself spoilers. Like, I have to read the books in order. Yeah. Um, and I got through the first three books in the House of Night series over the weekend. And I just finished Hangman by Jack Heath, which was an insane roller coaster ride. It's like a cannibalistic Dexter meets Sherlock Holmes. But a bit more criminal mindsy, sort yeah. of. But, look, it wasn't fantastic. I'd give it, like, three stars. But it was twisted the way they did things. And I guess I could appreciate that. In terms of gaming, 9, I wanted to get that, what is it, Resident Evil 2 remaster, remake, whatever it's called. And I would just keep putting it off, because right now you're playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yep. And I didn't want to throw you off your game. But, you know, to each their own. We'll get there eventually. Yes, we will. But, yeah, um, I haven't played any games except Assassin's Creed. But I've even checked in on my base in like four days. For like clash, tiny amounts, and I mean I need to get back into some Call of Duty, but it just all it does is update. Did it advertising that all the old maps that were on Black Ops Two are coming back to Black Ops Four, and I'm like, oh, you know the maps are back, and then I find out that it's only on Blackout, which is yeah, which ain't a bit my of a game letdown. type, but you know do with it what you will, I guess. Yeah. I suppose. Alright, ready for today's quiz? Yep, yep. Uh, everyone, it'll be linked in the description if you want to take it with us. But today we are doing the... I bet we can accurately guess your zodiac sign based on the movies you pick. So, hashtag, not that I say that... I don't think Horace Spokes... Horace Spokes... Horace Spokes... The be-all... I, I thought you were going to pick on me for the way I just said that. No. Uh, the be-all or end-all, I just thought it was funny. I just wanted to see how accurate the algorithm would be. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. First of all, we're going to pick a movie. Oh, I'm an Aries. Point out. So, 
We got legally blonde. You have to say what you are before but, you do the quiz. But I'm two. You're not two. Okay, I'm a Leo. Um, so you're yeah. not though. But I'm a Leo though. But you're not. But I am. I'm. But legit- you're not. But I'm legitimately a Leo. But no, you're not. I swear to God, you're a Virgo. Nah, I'm a Leo. You're on the twenty third. Yeah, which is a Leo. Which is a Virgo. No. It's a Virgo. No, it's a Leo. It's the Virgo. Trust me, there's ones that say. Yeah, I get what you mean about the Virgo, Leo, Leo Virgo, whatever yeah, the hell. Yeah, it depends is. on which but one it's done by. No. Yeah. No. Yep. No. Yep. No, best in Zodiac, you're a Virgo. I don't care what you say. Well, you know, there's ones here where it says it's the cusp 16th to the 23rd. Well, but it doesn't work quite. All right, whatever. All right, so question one. Pick a movie. Legally Blonde, Notting Hill. Just go with it. Bring it on. Legally Blonde for show. Yeah, I'm going to go bring it on. Oh, you like a good cheerleader? Mm. Uh, Let's see. You're not having fun today. Yeah, yeah. Born no identity. Jokes. I think I'm losing my voice. You think? God. Um, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm going for the born identity. Then there's the notebook. Then there's bird, bird box. box. Moulin Rouge. Yep. Death's born identity. And then there's the next one, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. Wait, pick, a, pick another movie. Why? I, was, I just don't understand why the... Like, have all the superheroes in one, you know... Yeah. Set of four, have all the romantic shit in the set of four, have action like Moulin Rouge does not fit with Born Identity or Bird Box. Or no. Right. Uh, then there's Guardians of the Galaxy for the next set of four Aaron Brockovich, Crazy Rich Asians, or Suicide Squad. Oh shit. Yeah. I'm gonna go for Suicide Squad. I'm going Guardians. Okay. Pick one more movie Forrest Gump, Gladiator. Pride and Prejudice, and you already know which one I'm going for. Yeah, I'm going Gladiator. Alright, what you get? Uh, I got Capricorn, so yeah, I'm, they're way off. I got Pisces. That's like complete opposite. I got a, They recommended me a water sign. I'm that's not a, a water that's sign. That's a bit fishy. I'm a fire sign. I know, a bit fishy if you do say the least. Alright, that was a bust. Yep, that was crap. 10 out of 10, not accurate again. But you know what was accurate? My prediction that I wasn't really going to lie. The Halloween sequel that came out in October that we never got around to see because you kept cancelling on me. Yep. So yesterday I just went up and bought the DVD because it was nineteen ninety five, but um, JB were having a twenty percent off DVDs and Blu-ray sale, so I got it for like fifteen bucks. But we already have the rest of the Halloween movies on DVD, so I I think my favourite is Halloween H twenty. And Josh Harnett wasn't in it. Nope. I can't remember where Josh Harnett's character fits in in the Halloween franchise. You know, it's a podcast, you're supposed to talk. I'm just trying to think, but was he in it? Yes. Uh, yes. I'm trying to remember now. Um, yeah. Don't even play me like I'm that. I can't believe there's a timeline here. That's not a good timeline. Dead set though. I know. I listen. I know this. I'm pretty sure. Otherwise, I've had a conniption. Or Halloween Hedge twenty twenty years later. Who's in it? Give me the cast. I don't trust Wikipedia. Yeah. So he's in. He was. Yeah. H two O. Josh John Tate. What did he have to do with 
Oh, is this spoilers? It can't be, right? It came out in 1998. So that was my brother's birthday. How old's my brother? He's turning 21 this year. What on earth? Um, yeah, so Johnny Boy, he played. John, John, John. Yeah. Oh my god, Joseph Gordon Levitt was in it. John, 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 John. What on earth? Yeah. Oh, so is he one of the kids? Yeah. Laurie's. No, she's his son. Well, he's her son. Yes, that's the word. Laurie's son, John, and his girlfriend, Molly. So did the kid die? Yep. All to do with camping. No, but did the kid die? From memory, yes. Yeah, I think. Alright. I can't remember off the top of my head. But Josh Harnett, though. Alright. But all in all, what do you reckon? I reckon about a, about a seven, maybe yeah. a six out of ten. I give it a seven and a half. It was alright. I really liked the intro card, how it was the reverse um, of like the moulding and collapsing of the jack-o'-lantern. Like the Halloween pumpkin, carved pumpkin, that was pretty cool. Yep. Halloween. Are you just going to sit here braiding your no. bloody sideburns? It's more the fact that um, every time I hear Halloween I think of pumpkins. So why don't they make a horror pumpkin movie? I'm pretty sure they have. I don't know, man. Get on it. Get Make on yourself it. millions. Yes. TV show reviews. He does with some. Uh, let's see. What have we watched recently? Um, well, funnily enough, I was watching Voltron. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that, that's just because I grew up with Voltron as a kid. And I think I mentioned this in a few podcasts ago. But, yeah. I've, uh, it was more like, you know, two seconds of an episode. So, yeah, that doesn't really count. Um, what? Have we finished Tornado Hunters. Yes, we did. That was an absolute whirl. Oh, you're so punny. Yeah. So we're looking forward to season two. Which is yet to be announced. The bit where they have, like, the massive, just, like, last episode, massive, spoiler alert, massive, (laughs) massive tornado. Yeah. And it's like, just drive closer, drive closer. And you think, yeah, great. Although you've got bulletproof, you know, side panels, I don't think you're going to go very, very well if that thing lifts you up and throws you, you know. I don't know if things have changed, but I thought that the legit people that chase tornadoes had essentially tanks that bolted into the ground and, like, the arms would come out of the side of the they probably truck do. and they stuck into the ground They probably and do. stuff. So to see essentially a four by redneck four. Toyota Hilux, I was a little bit unsure of yeah. the safety. Bogan Tornado Hunters. You know what I did rewatch though? Um, Yummy Mummies. Only season one though, because they put it on Netflix. And I started playing it on, was it Friday? Before you went off to work, and you were like, what is this trash? You didn't even understand what was going on. Yeah, but, I was like, what? Yeah, I've only got season one on there thus far, but I just Man, rewatched it because I had nothing else to do. Oh, they're putting some crap on TV these days. It's so scary. Very scary. What's the last crap thing you watched on TV? That. <laughs> that What's your take on it? Pointless. It was like I literally felt my brain melting and then, you know, sliding. Who's your favourite mummy? None of them. They just all Muppets. <clears throat> it's like just high pitch whining, you yeah. know? It definitely gave Versace a really bad rap. Like, really, really bad. Really bad. Oh, it's all scripted, though. I don't think that those are their real personalities. No. No, that was dodgy as. 
but um, there's like a few other things coming out on Netflix like um, Discovery yeah which we haven't watched last week's episode or this week's episode there's um, David Attenborough um, Dynasties oh yeah that's that right. looks interesting but that's TV like you literally we were watching the tennis last week and you're like oh can you put like you were trying to show me some yeah. funny video and I was watching some shit on my own phone and then I paused that and you're like oh pause the TV and I'm like mate that's not how live TV works and you're like oh 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 because we only really ever have live TV on yeah at like the start of the year because NKR is on the tennis is on exactly and that's pretty much it but yeah and we've just started the... Well, I don't think you were watching because you've been editing, but um, we start. We finished the first episode of the Ted Bundy tapes series that's on Netflix at the moment. Yeah, I haven't seen um, much of that. So, um, one episode down, like 10 minutes into the second one. But I did finish on Saturday night Flinttown, which is one of... Well, it's back on the list now. Back on, I think, the 2017 list of one of the most dangerous like the most dangerous towns of US okay like the FBI's most dangerous towns list jeez and it's like when people talk about the government not supporting their own people and it makes sense why people say that because have you heard of the Flint water crisis no okay so I don't it's not really a spoiler but if you don't want to watch the whole... I think it's eight or nine episodes. If you don't want to watch the whole series, I understand. I did it because I literally had nothing else to do. Um, but there is... If you watch the first episode, you pretty much get everything that you need to get from it. It all makes sense in the first episode, but then it goes further into the timeline because it was filmed over two years in the town of Flint, Michigan. And they're basically below the poverty line. They have 300 officers. They had 300 officers to, at, before the filmings pl- took place, to serve 100,000 people. Far out. And basically, they break every single rule bo- book in police code. They go to call outs by themselves. Jeez. Because there's just not enough to go around. So if you're waiting for a police officer, you're waiting in upwards of like 12 hours for someone to come and help you. So why don't they put in, you know, more police officers? Because they have no money. Jeez. In their budget and stuff. But then they have a millage and they had to... Because you know when they were voting for Trump and shit? Yep. Um, they did a millage at the same time. And that's pretty much whether they, like... The government's, like, the town's budget would go. They already went towards the police and the fire department. And then the people had to re-elect whether they wanted it to happen again. Yeah. Otherwise, they would lose the police and more police and more fire, uh, fireies and stuff like that. But the the bit that got me was the fact that so this town, and I think it was a couple of other surrounding towns, they are they were planning on like switching to this cheaper water system, purifying system that all of them were going to use. Yeah. Because obviously the towns are a lot poorer, people couldn't afford things, so they wanted to cut back on rates. So they flipped their water from the lakes. I think it was. So I can't remember exactly. Yes, that's right. They flipped their water from the lakes to the Flint River. 
Okay. And when they did that, they went over, like, they went, I think, you, I can't remember how many times, oh, hold on, sorry, before I talk shit, hang on, sorry. So I'm assuming they went over budget by... Honey, you wish death went over budget. They went over the lead count. They went over 20 people, like, I can't remember how many kids were exposed to extraordinarily high levels of lead poisoning. So why... why Because it it was going to provide them cheaper rates. And so when they flipped the water over, the, like, there's actual, it plays in the actual documentary, I think it was the first or second episode, where the, the governor or the mayor, the governor of the Schneider, whatever the hell his name was, um, what was his name? Um, oh God, what's his name? Yeah, former governor Rick Schneider. So you see him press the button, which flips the water supply and it changes. So not only was the water contaminated in the Flint River and it wasn't treated properly. Yeah. Which is as dumb. people were drinking it, they had to put more chlorine in it because people were getting sick. Yeah. So they had to put and you know how you, when you add too many too much chlorine in it and then you get the um, what do they call them? The trihalomethanes because you're just overloading the chlorine and you're yeah. not giving enough time to purify to clean out all the bacteria. Tons of people got legionnaires. People got the coliform bacteria uh. which is absolutely freaking not only disgusting, but it's very, very hard. Treat. To clean that out when it's like in sanitarily, like in terms of food and water supply, it's very hard to get rid of that. And extraordinarily large amounts of lead to like the almost complete, obviously the 1,000 people that lived in that town. But the reason why the lead happened is because when they switched the water, they didn't add the treatment to it to make sure the lead pipes would not corrode. Yeah, so, so it's just... the water got sh- like the water switched down the pipes and literally shredded the pipes, and people were pulling out, and iron was in it as well. So people were filling up tap like people you can smell that shit, and you can obviously see that shit, you'd know straight away. Yeah, and like even with Melbourne water, you know when it gets warm, and you can tell because the water starts to smell more chlorine, yeah, and it tastes more chlorine, so that's what that is. But people, like, they were saying that 6,000 to 12,000 kids were exposed to lead. It was a public health state of emergency. Four, there were four resignations, four firings, five suspensions, 15, like, criminal indictments from, like, political officials. Yeah. And 12 people died from Legionnaire's disease. That's really right? bad. And they covered it up for months. So people were... So essentially why they were trying to... F- you know, fix and figure out what the hell was going on. Just while they were adding more shit to the water to try and purify it and clean it out, right? So they're adding more chlorine and shit to it. Yeah. People were getting that too. So they're adding shit, and they they went on and they did uh, like another interview. And again, this was in the documentary, and they're like, "Oh no, our water's fine, but the water that they were drinking was bloody clear. Everyone else is like in." Like, they showed bottles and glasses of the water that was coming out. It was, like, 
brown some people's were black and like really purple and disgusting so basically everyone in that town had to switch to bottled has i think they have better quality water now but they had to switch to bottled water for like cooking showering drinking everything well another thing too is in october of 2014 the uh, General Motors truck assembly plant had to discontinue the water because the chlorine was literally eroding eroding their their bloody stuff because they were using it because you need it to cool everything down when you mould everything. Yeah, that's... um, They literally... I can't remember what GM did, but GM bought water in from somewhere else because it it was eating metal, like car parts... Yeah, and that's... That, What's that? If it's eating that, what if it's corroding that, what's it doing to your citizens' bodies? Yeah, that's massive public liability. Massive. And then, you know, what's, what's the point when, you know, the contamination level is above FDA, you know, standards? Why... That's just stupid. You know, you've got to literally quadruple the amount of funding now to fix the problem. Well, apparently they did fix it. A lot of people got, like, charged with conspiracies and stuff. But apparently, um, like, they only filmed two years of the town, like, two years' worth of the town. Yep. Like, so it wasn't really... It did give some stuff, but it didn't really say, um, like, how everything got fixed and all that sort of stuff. But, oh, it was... That's a massive, massive... um, Yeah, what do you do? Yeah. Breach of security and stuff. Breach of everything. But, yeah, it was just really heartbreaking. So, um... I had one story that I really wanted just the lighthearted stuff before we get onto the stupid stuff because I don't really know how to transition from that. But I have something that I wanted to share before we get into our um, like our actual podcast topic tonight. And before I get started, like I just want to point out that this is not me shaming anyone. I absolutely love pasta, and um, but apparently the new trend is baby gender reveals with lasagna. Okay. So, I've put a link there, but, so, basically, they colour the cheese. But the thing is, are they blowing up the cheese? No, they're not. What is that sound? Do you hear that? Yeah, something's doing burnouts and nearby. That's absolutely stupid. But anyway, so these people are dyeing the cheese and putting it in lasagna and then like, let's cut our lasagna. It's a boy. It's a girl. And I've just gone, how much cheese are you bloody putting in your lasagna? Like, is that all you're putting in your lasagna to make it that colour? Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but my lasagna is red because I put a lot of tomato sauce in it. But yeah, I don't, I don't think know, I could eat blue lasagna. lasagna. You eat blue cheese. Not very often. Well, your tea's here. Okay, give us a taste test. It's still probably, yeah, it's still really hot. Oh. I'm a pansy. Taste test. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Don't buy it. If he says it's not bad, it tastes like a sewer. Does it taste like a sewer? No. You can taste the peppermint. 
Well, yeah, it's got two types of mint in it, mate. No. All right, so are Minty we ready? Fresh. You have any questions, anything else you want to say before we get into the thick of it? No, no, that's cool. Also, I'd like to present this from a point where I know you're going to be really sarcastic and edgy, but we need to be a bit more devil's advocate okay? I don't okay. want to make people upset. People actually have to listen to this. So we're going to play it oh, from yeah. both sides of the story. But um, before we start, what are your thoughts on, drumroll please, the Area 51 conspiracy? Um... Well, personally... But, so, what have you heard about it, right? So, what, what do you know before I go into it? And are you a believer? The, the, the classic one we heard about the whole Area 51, the main thing was, Oh, it's a crashed weather balloon. Oh, crashed weather balloon. Oh, the balloon crashed. Oh. I legit think... I think I've played too many games. One... Two, flying saucers, you know, round things like a frisbee. I think a lot of this stuff that's just crashed out in fields is pretty much just the military testing advanced, you know, aircraft and weapons and all that sort of stuff. So I don't think there's like any alien craft running around. I think it's just a, you know, as it states, it's just a military testing, military facility. testing facility. So... Alright, so to me, it makes sense that you'd want a place that's so out of the way, but it's still close to other testing sites like nuclear and whatnot that they have there. Um, but before, I knew that before I did some, like, before I started researching this, in quotation marks, I knew that they tested flight craft out there, and I'm pretty sure that's where the, what's that? SR-71 Blackbird, yeah. that was tested. That was tested. I'm pretty sure I remembered reading that. And as a kid, I kind of really wanted to believe that they did have alien tech out there and that they were kind of reverse engineering alien technology and, like, that they were testing aliens out there. Yeah. But, come on. There's a lot Dan of... Blazarian has, would have broken in. If this was real, Dan Blazarian would have broken in. Yeah. And, I don't know. And had a look around the place. Alright, so, if you have any questions before we get started? What are you hoping to learn from my expose? See, I just like... I'm a big fan of... Can, seriously, stop touching your sideburns. I mean, it's creeping me out. Yeah. So, essentially... You look at Area 51, you look at Nevada, you look at what's out there. It's just lots and lots of open space. Yes. So, essentially, there's not many, you know, residential areas. There's lots of open flats. Most yeah. of it's just desert, salt... All that sort of stuff. Yeah. So essentially, if you're going to be testing aircraft, there's lots of space to for you to, to just do it. Do it and you're load. Not, like, crash into anything. Yeah. You're not going to be interfered by like civilians. And, and stuff you can like see that. things coming a long way off. True. All right. But what are you hoping to learn? Um, aliens are real. Uh. Yeah. No. No. They're probably not. Hmm? It's just. Okay. All right. You ready? Yep. Buckle up. So, the United States Air Force facility, commonly known as Area 51, is a highly classified and remote detachment of the Edwards Air Force Base, which is within the Nevada Test and Training Range. But according to the CIA, ignore my floofs. Excuse me, shells. I know you hear me, buddy. It's not for you to play with. Playing with the strap of your laptop bag. So, according to the CIA, the official names for the facility are Homie Airport and Groom Lake. Homie Airport? So if it's an airport, can I go there, you ask? 
Though the name Area 51, um, it was originally used in a CIA document from the Vietnam War, and it's also been referred to as Dreamland or Paradise Ranch. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But uh, United States Air Force Public Relations has referred to the facility as an operating location near Groom Dry Lake. And the special use airspace around the field is referred to as restricted area 4808. My son, it's a piece of grass. Calm down. Area 51 itself, it happens to be located in the southern portion of Nevada in the west, which is obviously part of the western United States. Uh, 83 miles off for all of our metric brethren out there. 134 kilometres north-northwest. Of Las Vegas. So, in its centre, you've got the southern shore of Groom Lake, and it's obviously a very large military airfield. It was acquired by the US Air Force in 1995, primarily for, again, the flight testing of Lockheed uh, aircraft. The area around the base, which includes the small town of Rachel, um, and obviously the extraterrestrial highway, which is a massive, apparently, tourist destination... The base's current primary purpose is publicly unknown. However, based on historical evidence, it most likely supports development and testing of experimental aircraft and weapon systems and black projects. And they think that they have their own um, airport there, so that way they can traffic things in and out without like civilian interference and that kind of thing. You have to go for border, you know, control. I actually know they'd have their own. That and you don't have to like transport it, but you know, from Vegas, 134k's to where you need it to be. Yeah. Like your offload storage site is a lot closer. Um, So the intense secrecy surrounding the base has made it to the frequent subject of conspiracy theories like ourselves, and it's obviously a central component to UFO folklore or. UFP, I think it is now. Is UFP the new term? Unidentified flying phenomena, I can't, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's switching to that now. So, although the base has never been declared as a secret base itself, all research and occurrences in Area 51 are always marked as top secret or sensitive compartmented information. But on June 25, 2013, following a Freedom of Information Act, uh, which was a request filed in 2005, the CIA publicly acknowledged the existence of the base for the first time and declassified some documents detailing the history and purposes of Area 51. Um, so basically, the they call it a groom box, and it's a rectangular area that's about 37 by 40 kilometres, or 23 by 25 miles of restricted airspace, and it's connected to the internal um, Nevada test site road network. And it's got paved roads that lead south to Mercury, which I think is a town, and west to Yucca Flat. Uh, so leading northwest from the lake, there's a wide and well-maintained Groom Lake Road that runs through a pass called Jungle, uh, Jumbled Hills. rather. And then there are apparently mines there yeah. that they've closed. So what? Did they dig and find something there, you may ask? I don't know. Let's break it. No, actually not. So, the, basically, if you travel there, you get to a security checkpoint, and there's obviously restricted area around the base. And after, if you leave it, it you go, like, eastward, they say, 
and you pass a dirt road entrance to several small like ranches and homes and that kind of thing and then apparently you get back on the state route 375 which is the extraterrestrial highway so area 51 itself it shares a border with yucca flat um which is a region of the test site and that's where the united states department of energy um did like conducted nuclear tests yeah so you know um also there is a nuclear waste repository which i think is about 71 k's or 44 miles away from that so it makes sense because a lot of those planes do they run on nuclear energy Um, the weapons are definitely nuclear energy well you got nuclear missiles that they're always running around and carrying so it'd be interesting to know it would make sense i suppose yeah so in terms of the origin of the name they don't know why they chose the number 51 specifically but the most accepted you know reasoning i guess you could say comes from a grid numbering system that the atomic energy commission chose well but then they say area 51 isn't part of this it's just that likely that it was area 15 yeah but then in administration the numbers got jumbled and someone accidentally wrote fifth, like 51 instead of 15. Yep. Um, because it seems unlikely that the Atomic Energy Commission would ever use that number, allegedly. So apparently it that site began in service. So then they say, oh, it began in service at like 1955 or whatever. Is that right? 1955, is that what we read earlier? Because the site was acquired by the U.S. Air Force in 1955. But then they also say that the airfield began service in 1942 as the Indian Springs Air Force Auxiliary Field. And they had two unpaved 5,000-foot runways aligned at northeast, southwest and northwest, southeast. So I guess the airport was there before yeah. Area 51 and it just must itself have been... was there and then they just added to it, like built next to it. So the Groom Lake Test Facility was established in April of 1955, obviously by the CIA, as we said, for Project Aquatone, um, which we will get on into more um, aircraft projects further on, yeah. obviously down the line. But Aquatone was for the development of the Lockheed U-2, which is a strategic... Was, was, is, do they still have them around? I don't know. Um, strategic recon aircraft, pretty much. And the director was given, obviously, extreme secrecy when they were carrying out the project. So the flight testing, the pilot training, everything um, couldn't be conducted at the Edwards Air Force. Um, well, the Lockheed's Palmdale facility. And they pretty much, you know, wanted extreme security for everything that they were doing which i guess makes sense especially if you're trying to keep things away from like what your enemies are and stuff because you don't want them to know yeah what you want so basically they did everything there and then lockheed sent the engineers lockheed sent um all the inspectors out and like paid for them all to go there to do what they needed to do and they made a strip to test aircraft and then um they pretty much people were going and because there's a mountain range or like this range of hills or whatever it is called immigrant valley and that used to be on the perimeter 
So then okay. the government took that land so that people couldn't get on the hills and look with binoculars to see what they were doing. Yeah. So over time, Area 51 has just been growing larger in size yeah. because people, like, they, oh, I can't drive up. Oh, I'll climb the hill yeah. or mountain or whatever the hell that is there. I don't know how tall a hill has to be before it's considered a mountain. I think it's a thousand feet. I but I could be wrong. Through. Let's find this out. <laughs> Difference between a hill and a mountain. If you can spell Stephanie, that would be fine. Yeah. Um. I was right. A thousand feet or three hundred meters, according to the National Geographic dot com cool. Earth Science. So, whatever. Oh my God, I know things. Yay! So basically, they like apparently they regularly acquire more land. I don't know if that means that they buy it or if they just spread their perimeters. Maybe they just expand the perimeters. But you know, whatever. Um. So basically, during the Cold War. One of the missions carried out by the US was a test and evaluation of a captured Soviet fighter aircraft. And then in the late 1960s and for several decades after, they pretty much acquired a lot of Soviet-built aircraft. Yeah. And they had their own kind of like testing of foreign technology there that began during World War Two, And then after the war, they uh, the Air Technical Intelligence Center... They became who became very influential during the Korean War. Uh, they pretty much did. So they broke it down, right? And using some of that technology, they made the Lockheed Have Blue prototype stealth fighter, which was extremely fast. So you know, uh, if it works, like that's what it's there for. Because you want to reverse engineer stuff. You want to take the shit that works, and you want to build on it. Because yeah. that makes sense. So, basically, they called that the, um, what am I talking about? Oh, my God. So, it was a prototype stealth fighter at the time. And then, when it became operational in 1983, the operations at Groom Lake have pretty much kept going after the bat, after that. So, the basin, its runway system, they've obviously expanded because of the land and everything like that. And you can have people that work there, so you need to have housing, you need yeah. to have support facilities... Apparently they have a pool, they have tennis courts, they have like mock shop mall there or something or other. They say that there's a theatre in there. Apparently they can tell that there's a bowling alley in there yeah. and a ton of other stuff. Well, so throughout the desert whatever. there's not much else you can do really. So. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, um, any land that gives you an overlook of the base is pretty much prohibited access. Yeah. So, you know, what are you going to do about it, I say, I guess. So, on October 22nd of 2015, a federal judge signed an order giving land that belonged to a Nevada family who had been there since the 1870s to the Air Force because they wanted to, obviously, do some expansion. And according to the judge, the land that overlooked the base was taken to address security and safety concerns connected to their training and testing. So we hear that all about the time, I guess, for roads and, yeah. you know, other infrastructure like that. But 
obviously would be heartbreaking. Like, this land has been in your family. So, what's from 2015, like from 1870 to 2015, that's a hell of a lot of time. Like, you might even have family buried yeah. on the land there. That's Do you pretty know what I mean? harsh. That's really, like, it's sad. I understand from if it's in quotation marks a security, you know, vantage point. You'd want to acquire that land, but still, that's like really sad. Gosh. I don't know. So, all in all, the information that the US government is been willing to provide about Area 51 is obviously very minimal. Everything is pretty much permanently closed off to civilian and military air traffic, which was interesting. Like, the military air traffic itself is restricted. Obviously, you're going to assume that they maintain security clearances regularly. Cameras and weaponry are obviously not allowed. Even military pilots that are training there, if they stray from the box surrounding the groom's airspace, they can be detained. Yeah. So when you go, it's one of those things where not everyone knows everything about the area, if that makes sense. Like, one person doesn't know everything. Little, like, people know little parts of the puzzle and how it all fits together. Not one person gets to see everything. And apparently they have buried motion sensors, which makes sense. You'd assume that they'd also have, like, infrared panning across the whole of the valley and everything like that. Yeah. But um, apparently from there, the topographic map of the area only shows the Groom Mine that we talk about because there are a lot of mines in the area. And a civil aviation chart published by the Nevada Department of Transport shows a larger restricted area defined as part of the Nellis Restricted Airspace, and I have no idea what that is. But the National Atlas page showing federal lands in Nevada shows the areas lying within the Nellis Air Force Base. So when documents that mention the test site and operations at the Groom um, area are declassified. Mentions of Area 51 and the Groom Lake themselves are routinely redacted. So they'll mention, oh, you know, we're doing this at the test site and the area of Groom, but they'll take away uh, Homey Airport and redact that information and black that out. However, the only exception I think they've had thus far was in 1967, which is a memo from the CIA director at the time, Richard Helm, and that was regarding the deployment of three Oxcart aircraft from Groom, so that air base there, to Kadena Air Base, to perform recon over North Vietnam. So although most of the home base information is redacted in this document, there is a map showing the aircraft's route from there to... Uh, I apologise for butchering this, but I think it's Akinawa. Akinawa? Um, and the redacted appears to have missed one mention on page 15, or page 17 if you're looking at it on the PDF under section 2. Three Oxcart aircraft and the necessary task force personnel will be deployed from Area 51 to Kadena. Jeez. So someone did not do their job right. And then in 2000, uh, the 25th of June 2013, they released an official history of the UT and U2 and Oxcart projects, and that obviously would acknowledge the existence of Area 51. And the release was in response to the Freedom of Information Act that was submitted in 2005 by Jeffrey T. Richardson, Richardson of the George Washington University um, National Security Archive, and that contains numerous references to Area 51 and Groom Lake along with the map of the area, but I couldn't get any information as to, um, because of the, all the new land acquirings, as to yeah. what version of the map that was. 
Does that make sense? The other thing too is there's a lot of nuclear testing sites out there and there's certain areas, if you jump on Google Earth and you just have a look, there are a lot of craters in the ground. To say the least. So, apparently in December of 2007, airline pilots started noticing the base had appeared on the aircraft navigation systems, like their latest update and database revision. And it's listed as Homey Airport. And this is the probably inadvertent release of the airport data that led to the advice of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association that shouldn't pilots should be explicitly warned about um it's the identifier code for homie airport is kxta so if you're for accident see i don't understand how they're going to say oh someone's accidentally going to fly into this restricted zone but we're going to tell them what it is anyway yeah that Do you know what i mean sense. like i feel like you have to know as part of your license and as part of your i don't want to call it a like a systems check let's call it you know about what's in the area and what restricted like airspace what you're not allowed to to go travel into. through right yeah because to me that would make logical sense but i don't understand so um apparently so you're going to ask me what does the perimeter of the base look like Apparently it's marked out by orange posts and guards drive around in white pickup trucks and camo fatigues, which oh, is nice. obvious because it's military, military, right? And apparently, if you watch videos, a lot of people pretend it's like the Dubic boxes, but that's yeah, a yeah, completely yeah. different story. You can tell that it's fake. Like, you can tell that they're a few k's away from the perimeter, you know, and they've got guys on, like, dune buggies and, like, white trucks and Ford pickups and shit, and they're like, no, like, you, you can tell from the thumbnail, it's hilarious, and they pretend that they, because they call them camo dudes, Yeah. and you can so tell it's fake, but I'll tell you what, it's the most, uh, it's funny. It's cringe, but it's funny. But, I mean, like, they would possibly have people in, you know... Dude! If we went for a freaking three and a half hour drive from where we are now to Talus, yeah, right, and I went up. This is shit. Isn't it the Benalla? This is a border Benalla or some shit like that. I can't remember. It's definitely on the way to Albury. It's like an hour and a half out of Albury or some shit like that. I can't remember. But if you did that, they would fucking shoot you. Yeah. They have the right to do that. And they're just... A, they're not even, like, a military installation. That's just where the military get their fucking ammo from. Yeah. And tell us it's in Mawala. Mawala. Right. When people are in their ultralights, and it's a holiday destination, and I have been there, and literally four times a bloody day, you can hear and see the silos opening up. Because these fucking tourists would go into these towns, would cross the airspace... Cross into restricted Talus airspace. So, because it's locked, like, it's a, it's an automatic thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they have to do it. So, four or five times a day, they have to overwrite the codes because stupid fucking tourists fly over it in the middle of, like, it's a border town between us and New South. And you just go, what on earth? Could you imagine the security precautions that are taken out at Area 51, or should I say Homey Airport? Yeah, yeah. Vapor, they would vaporise you. Yeah, gone. Imagine the amount of snipers that are out there. And they'd be worried because the last thing you want is your, you know, weapon infrastructure being kind of messed with. That, and what else would you get exposed to? But, that's but I mean, like, on the, on the topic of Talos, I mean, look at things that they design there. It's primarily aerospace, space defence, security, transport, 
you know, so there's, yeah, interesting things. So apparently, these guards aren't military, but they, the military has employed contractors. Yep. If that makes sense. Um, and apparently their contract is like the main one is AECOM. I have no idea who they are. Let's have a look. I couldn't. Ugh, no, I don't want to bookmark this page. Go away. Go away. That's. I need to. Sorry, guys. I rushed the information for this because you were like, let's do this in, you know, one hour. And I'm like, oh, I didn't have anything prepped. Um. What do you stand for? What do you mean? Oh, shit. They're here in Australia. Who are you? They're in Docklands. Yeah, don't don't cause... I'm not clicking on this shit, man. Because I don't know what any of the... She says after she's... <laughs> I don't... No? Guards. Who it, are these people? Invisible people. It is no longer sufficient for military forces and US state national guards and highly trained who are highly trained in providing physical security alone. Supporting cities also require dot 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 dot. Apparently they operate in Northern Territory. Cool. Alright, look, I'm not looking for job applications, that's a different story. But apparently so these are independent contractors that have been employed out, obviously by the US Air Force. And obviously there's a ton of signage on the perimeter that yes miss was um that talks about you know deadly force authorized against trespassers i just want to know what that deadly force is like are we just talking tasers or are we talking like Fun lethal stuff. lethal um technology is also used heavily to maintain the border of the base so obviously cctv motion detectors and some of these are placed some distance away from the base and on public land that other people own to notify guards of people approaching. So, you know, any questions so far? Because we're about to hit the good stuff, like the theory parts. No, no? I'm good. Okay. So, it's secret of nature and undoubted connection to classified uh, aircraft research, together with airport airports, oh my god, <laughs> reports of unusual phenomena have led to uh, Area 51, or Homey Airport, to become a focus of like modern um, unidentified flying phenomena and other conspiracy theories kind of focus. Yep. And uh, obviously because a lot of the activities mentioned in theories at Area 51 are like obviously storage, examination, all the reverse engineering of alien um like spacecraft that has crashed especially the stuff we'll get onto the roswell incident later on well i think that was the uh you know i think paul the movie oh that's with, what that was um, yep some peg and nick frost that's and actually apparently, a documentary yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah right okay uh what do they call it the cornetto trilogy yes um and apparently they think that there are joint undertakings between humans and extraterrestrials there and that they trade for alien technology and that they doubt like they have um weather control there time travel and teleportation technology 
and they have exotic what the hell though is exotic propulsion systems relating to the aurora program which we're going to do in a separate podcast and apparently there's a shadowy one world government or majestic 12 operation which again we're going to do a separate apparently majestic 12 is like there's a hierarchy of control in the united states allegedly according to other leaked cia documentation and apparently the president is a baby compared to what else is out there yeah so they're only like they call it majestic 12 because there are only 12 men in the world that in the u.s as world u.s as world yeah that have know everything like security like have the highest security clearance you can have hence why they're called allegedly majestic 12 but they're really cool and i found a ton of stuff that i've like saved for that podcast that we'll do whenever you decide to do it. Yep, yep. But apparently, um, they think that the mines are underground facilities, or that the mines disguise kind of underground facilities and stuff like that. And apparently, there's a trans, for example, like a transcontinental underground railroad system, and they have a disappearing airstrip called the Cheshire Airstrip, named after Lewis Carroll's Cheshire Cat. And apparently it briefly appears when water is sprayed onto the camouflaged asphalt. Ooh. Allegedly. And apparently this is engineered based on alien technology, but I thought aliens hated water, but that's a different story. So upon, if you look at, uh, like, satellite imagery that you can Google, it clearly reveals all the landing ships at Groom Dry Lake, but not at Papoose Lake, which is where they say this hidden airstrip is so if it's real or not i have no idea i don't know if it has to come from a certain direction like if it's like perspective it might be when you're traveling maybe it's just lights at the time of things taking off yeah like if they have pop-up lights or they turn on lights or something i don't know if you'd be able to pick that up from satellite imagery but apparently in the mid 50s um a civilian aircraft flew under 20,000 feet while military aircraft flew under 40,000 feet. And once the U-2, apparently, like, the military aircraft was U-2, and when the U-2 began flying at above 6,000 feet, an unexpected side effect was an increased number of UFO sighting reports. So sightings occurred most often during the evening hours, and when airline pilots pilots flying west saw the U-2's silver wings reflect against the setting sun, it gave the aircraft a fiery appearance. So many sightings and reports come that came to the U.S. Air Force Project Blue Book, which apparently investigated UFO sightings through air traffic controllers and letters to the government. And this project checked U-2 and Oxcart flight records, and that was used to eliminate like a large majority of UFO reports that it received during the 50s and 60s. Although it could not reveal to the extent that um, the truth, like anyone can just say, oh, I wrote it off because, you know, I guess just play both sides of the coin. Like you can reason that this is what it was because it matches up with a flight plan or something like that. But at the same time, if all of that information is redacted, how is a flight, um, what do they call them? An air traffic controller going to write off letters and ox cart people are going to write off letters if everything's been redacted because you think if something's been redacted someone who's working there isn't going to know about it because you're not going to have clearance to do it but i don't know how i'm just i know it's probably logical but i'm just trying to play both sides of the coin so i apologize we are trying to you know talk about conspiracies and shit 
So, um, similarly, a lot of experimental projects say that their work and um, flights and everything like that kind of prompted UFO sightings and rumours, which I guess you can understand because a lot of them now, like the aircraft, they're not like commercial aircraft. Yes, they're sort of long in terms of flight and obviously you're flying higher and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're a lot narrower and stuff. But at the same time, like, to check out the jet engines. Of course, it's going to give you a fiery appearance. Like, oh, yeah. someone can Look reason. At sc- and scram jets and everything. And people are using Ratos and Jatos. And you just go, well... And just I don't quickly, think in case people don't know what a Jato and a Rato is, a Jato is a jet-assisted takeoff. So... Yeah, so Rato would be a rocket assisted takeoff. So there was a, there was one where they decided to get a C C ten Hercules off the ground, and they put I think from where they put Ratos on it, um, and the thing crashed. And <laughs> As you do, me when like, I try to get out of bed on a Monday morning. Aircraft, oh, I shouldn't have said that. That's me. So, I redact yeah. that earlier statement. Um, so apparently, because of the shape of Oxcart, we you know it's apparently it's described as being wide having a disc like fuselage fuselage um which is designed to carry obviously a large amount of fuel because that thing would burn like a hummer Heaps. in the early 2000s in the fuel crisis um so that would make sense yep. and i can understand like if you've never seen an aircraft before and it's in quotation marks secret aircraft yeah you like there are times when we kind of got i'd say it jokingly to freak people out. I'm like, oh my god, a UFO! And I actually did it to my mother once when she was driving me, like she picked me up and we were going to my grandmother's house from home here and she was like, oh my god, what are you talking about? And she's like, you stupid fucking idiot, don't scare me like that. It's just a plane, like it's a, it was a Qantas plane. And I'm like, but you wouldn't know, like a little bit right. of glare from the sun and but, you know, that's a different thing. So, and obviously because how a lot of the planes have titanium parts and panels to their bodies so that would reflect and diffract the sun's rays in a way that would make it look like it's something that's been like an unidentified flying phenomena yep. and that kind of thing but people believe that the rumors help maintain secrecy over what is actually going on in the homey airfield and veterans are obviously going to deny the existence of you know the un- expanse um the vast mar- vast expansive Expansive, the vast expanse. It's the proposed underground railroad system, and obviously they say that Area Fifty One's operations do not occur. Um, did so that they they say that they do and presu- they didn't presumably do. Sorry, I'm an idiot. It's like ten o'clock at night. Um, still occur underground, but I guess a lot of people, I don't know. Like you just. A lot of people say that they... Like, apparently there's this guy called Bob Lazar who is a massive ufologist. And he claimed in 1989 that he had worked at Area 51 in Sector 4, which is apparently underground and inside the Papoose Range, near the Papoose Lace, which is where we're saying that this secret camo airstrip is that you need to add... H2O, just add water! Yeah. Um, and he said that he was contracted to work with alien spacecraft that the US government had in its possession. And I'm sorry, but if you were a guy who had touched UFO technology, presuming, let's just, you know, presume it exists, no, 
No. You would never be able to go out in general public no, again. You wouldn't. That's past black ops. Yeah, you are. That is past See, recon. Here's the, that is past... No. Here's the thing. As much as... Okay, the whole... Con, you know, the whole thing... Is there extraterrestrial life? Is there intelligent life? No one who's, in quotation marks, worth there is going to be allowed to say that shit. No. The fact that he's still alive right now claiming this shit and no one's done something or, in quotation marks, handled the situation. Not that I'm wishing anything to happen to this man. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm... It doesn't sense me. No. Plus, the other thing, there are people out there that don't want to know if this stuff is actually valid. Do you reckon people don't want to know? Yeah. Or is it just because they're afraid of the unknown? Sorry, I'm just getting my child. A lot of people are afraid of the unknown, but the fact is that if there is, you know, stuff out there that we don't understand, people don't like that. Because people want to know everything. Yeah, they they want to be sure of what's happening. They want to know that they're safe. But I just, I don't believe that there's this guy who's, like, he's really prominent in this whole UFO, Area 51 conspiracy, alien technology thing. And everyone, like, cites him. And everyone thinks he's legit. And I'm just saying, where are your papers? Show me your pay slips. Yeah. Show me the receipts. So, apparently, in 1996, there was a documentary um, called Dreamland, which is one of the code names yep. that they used, like uh, Paradise Ranch or whatever it was. So, apparently, this... Um, it's directed by this guy called Bruce Burgess and it contained an interview with a 71-year-old mech engineer who claimed to be a former employee at Area 51 during the 50s and his claims included that he worked on a flying disc simulator which had been based on a disc originating from crashed extraterrestrial craft and was used to train US pilots. He also claimed to have worked with extraterrestrial being named J-Rod and he described him as a telepathic translator. And I'm sorry, but the only thing that to me is disc-like that a pilot would train in is a centrifuge G-force trainer simulator. Yeah, fly around in that. Yeah, that'd be pretty much it. And I'm pretty sure they have to go in that to prove and train their bodies to resist certain G-forces before they chuck them in fighter pilots. Yes. Because the last thing they're going to do is put someone that they've trained millions of dollars, you know, costing this person to train, into a millions of dollars worth of research and development, the aircraft alone, Yep. and just be like, oh, this guy's not going to be able to pull, I don't know how many Gs that they have to pull to be qualified into the program. Let's yeah, estimate right. and say it's five Gs, right? And they're going to put a guy that can't... You know, fly at five Gs, pull five Gs like it's bread and butter, into this bloody plane, send him off around the world for a forty-five minute round trip, yeah. and think he's going to pass out. No. That's not how it works. Okay, so no, that I'm definitely saying is the spinny, spinny, spin spin. But then we can also argue: is that alien technology? Yeah. Was G was G force training put in the early fifties? We don't know. We don't know these things. So, apparently in 2004, this guy called Dan Burish, um, but he wrote as Dan Crane, that was his pseudonym, he claimed to have worked on cloning alien viruses at Area 51 alongside an alien named J-Rod. How convenient. Uh, But his scholarly credentials are pretty much debated, and apparently he's working as a Vegas parole officer in 1989, 
but he also earned a PhD at State State University of New York. So, okay. I don't know. So basically, I gate crashed a lot of things that I thought people would want to know into I think nine or ten. Um, what I'm going to call frequent answers and questions about Area Fifty One. So basically, you're going to ask me, okay, so there's Area Fifty One. So where are the other 50 areas? Exactly. Like Area 19, I think, is... Um, oh, what's it called? Frenchman Flat or something? Yep. So, so apparently, um, that was, again, like what we said, the numbering, naming thing. Someone put it down as 15, but then you could also argue where are the other 14 areas. Yep. Um, people are saying that those other areas the other 14 or the other 50 may correspond to sectors within the Nevada test site and maybe sites where um, nuclear, I don't what would you call them, bombs? Warheads? Test sites. Like, you know, where you drop... Yeah, if you were to drop... Uh, what do you well, call artillery? It's well, not Frenchman artillery. Well, Flat, there was a nuclear bomb that was dropped there. But the actual, like, site where the bomb Oh, yeah, impact lands, the crater. Yeah, the, yeah. Or that's what people are saying in the other areas. So to make up numbers, that's what people yep. think. But then it's like, how many nuclear bombs can someone launch into the ground before and it's And a lot of them may have even been under the ground. True. So where did this alien conspiracy Area 51 thing get started? Um, I've put a link here for us. I can also include it in the podcast uh, links for you. Because it blew my mind. I have never seen anything like a newspaper so old before but apparently if you go to google news it's um on there so basically actual nuclear tests <laughs> aren't scary enough so Area 51's major claim to climate flame is an alleged extraterrestrial technology research site that started on july of 1947 when roswell daily records front page headline headline screamed raaf captures flying saucer on ranch in roswell region and the u.s military claimed that the unidentified crashed object was just a weather balloon but conspiracy theorists such as myself insisted it was an alien spacecraft and that was taken from the roswell ranch um to area 51 for reverse engineering and apparently there was, you know, people hypothesised that there was a large, large-eyed grey alien inside. Yeah. But in September of 1994, the Air Force released a report with a story saying that the wreckage was a balloon, but not an ordinary weather balloon. Instead, it was an atomic monitoring balloon meant to detect far-off nuclear testing blasts, which would make sense if they're testing nuclear ordnance. That's the word, ordnance. If they're yeah. testing nuclear ordnance, they'd want to know how far the wave... Exactly. Projects too, right? So if you go to this actual link, um, they have pictures of like other stuff. I want you to go to the top of the page, page 18, right, which I've linked. That's going to become important in a moment. So they're going to say that, you know, people are saying that there's no good evidence to say that people are capturing Area 51, you know, capturing UFOs and chucking them into Area 51, but we do know that they're reverse engineering other stuff, and they have secretive project. Listen to the names of these. Have Donut, have Drill, have Fairy. Like, can you not come up with something cooler? No, they can't. I don't know. 
I don't know. It's I, I don't pretty know. hard to do. So, you're going to ask me, why did this conspiracy take so long to pick up traction? Um, because it didn't really get its extraterrestrial kind of reputation until the late 80s when this Rob Lazar dude came out and said, oh my god, I worked in Sector 4 of Area 51 and I helped reverse engineer, you know, crashed alien aircraft and stuff. And then he pretty much fabricated everything. He says that he graduated from MIT and Caltech, but people have approached MIT and Caltech and at the time, because MIT and Caltech are like some of the biggest... Science, STEM, so science, technology, engineering, mathematics, universities in the world. So for someone to come and say, we're a student, I have degrees from this place, they're going to say, I fucking think not. Yeah. Pretty much. So, look, if people are ripping off like we discussed, honorary degrees to people like James fucking Watson, what are they going to do to an idiot who actually has no credentials whatsoever? Yeah. That's a separate bloody story. And then so he says that he worked for the Los Armos National Library Laboratory, but that also turned out to be false. So basically, who is Area 51 or Homie Airport affecting the most? And bottom line, I'm going to say it's the camo dudes. Because (laughs) what they wear on their job, that's their name, but apparently, uh, given the stealth aircraft kind of site that makes sense because you're going to have stealth systems Don't on there, Don't forget right? the drones flying around as well. However, um, a lot of them, people have found documentation where they've sought compensation for breathing problems because they've experienced exposure to toxic chemicals from the burning of the coatings that shield the aircraft from radar. Jeez. So then breathing that in. I wasn't able to find the documentation myself. I can keep looking for it. But apparently people found like them getting compensation. And apparently this guy like tracked it and tracked where the money came from yeah. and basic bank account numbers. But at the same time, no one's going to give out their bank account numbers on the internet no. or anything like that. No, so I don't know how you know real that is before I chase that up. But apparently, that would make sense though because you hear a lot of people like burning and stuff. Um, but apparently it's also tied to the moon landing conspiracy because that's where they think that the moon landing was staged. Well, you know, they were in... The- a race with the Soviets, so it was either the USSR or America. There you pretty go. Much. Cold War. So it's it's pretty much still tied to the military today, as we've already said, and it's you know got a cluster of airstrip test sites. The Department of Defense and Department of Homeland Security apparently have installations on the site. And um, apparently that's where they fly a lot of recon drones and test sensors and stuff like that. So today, apparently, that's where they train aircraft crews in combat scenarios, in live munitions training, which makes sense because you don't want to fire off rockets and ammo and then, oh, shit, there's a civilian house. Yeah. So that does make sense that it would happen really... Because they have to test that somewhere. Do you know what I mean? That has to be done somewhere. 
you don't just go on a simulator and they say, here are the keys, you know? No. You're on this billion-dollar aircraft vehicle, but whatever. Um, so, apparently, they also test helicopters there, like commercial airplanes, because of how um, the runway is and stuff like that. And, apparently, unmanned drones and other top-secret military technologies and whatnot. And, apparently, um, the U-2 spy plane and ultra-high-altitude aircraft that are used for, like, military uh, recon fly off from there. So, apparently, according to Google Earth, you can still see how neatly everything is kept. Um, You can actually see, like, people have uploaded um, screenshots, screen grabs of Google Earth image, satellite imagery over the years. So you can see as the perimeter expands and renovations and as, like, the installations are built up and renovations that occur on site and construction. Yeah. So, basically, if... People, if it's not a conspiracy, why do people think it's really an alien testing facility? Also, interesting fact is, you know that there's been approximately 2,600 nuclear detonations? Only 2,600? No. There has to be more than that. Yeah. Right? Well, okay, maybe more. Maybe there's been like maybe 2,700. Where are you getting this information from? Um, well... There's one that's from 2016. No, what's that? From The Independent. Oh. Maybe it's Australia, that maybe that's in Australia, because I, yeah. I doubt that would be worldwide, right? Mm. Not that I'm encouraging any nation or peoples to detonate any kind of, a you know, ordinance. Well, as a mark, um, the first nuclear detonation um, was the Trinity Test. In 1945. And that was in Bikini, wasn't it? By the United States Army. In Bikini? Um, Bikini Atoll. Yeah. Um, I know. But I know that the That's only... the first one that they filmed, wasn't it? I think And that so. was where the original mushroom cloud yeah. imagery came out of. In Bikini Atoll. And then the people that live on Bikini still experiencing effects. Yeah. And no one's getting compensation for that. We're talking generations of people. All the, but you know that's okay. All the troops that were actually in, you know, trenches when all the fallout went over. And they had no idea what to expect. Yeah. And you go, no disrespect to anyone who has, you know, fought for their country or for the Allies or whatever. But no shit, you fucking dickheads. Yeah. If you're going to drop that on someone else with the intent to kill them, that yeah. shit's going to go somewhere. It's not going to be like, oh... We stopped it at enemy lines. We're just going to infect, infect it in you know enemy line. No, where do you think that was going to go? But yeah. I guess they had to test this shit because at the same time, people had other conspiracies that they thought were fucking real that weren't. Yeah. But you know whatever. People are just dumb, and those people probably had no idea what they were signing themselves up for. A lot of the military back then were just young guys who just wanted to go out see the world. You know, get paid a decent amount. Do something that, you know, would be considered respectable. Not that I'm saying being in the military or any other armed forces, whatever, police. I'm not saying it's not respectable now. But I'm saying back then, that was like one of the only guaranteed career paths. Yeah. To do stuff. And it's like, you just... They they take advantage of a lot of people. And a lot of it is... They still do to this day, oh, we didn't know. Yeah. It was unforeseen. We didn't know. Oh, 
We didn't, we didn't have the technology. And then you look at the We hadn't done the go, research. Oh, we needed years for the damage to accumulate. And then you see the damage and you just... Like, the, the initial damage tests... And then, you know, as it stands, there are only two nuclear, um, I suppose, bombs that were dropped during wartime. And, you know, Nagasaki and... Hiroshima, I mean, we saw the fallout from that, you know, basically nearly killed a quarter of a million people, 20,000 of whom were, you know, civilians. I just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But what do you do? It's basically you flex your muscles. People have now seen what a nuclear blast can do, so it's the fear of a nuclear blast, because... Once a nuclear blast goes off, you can't reverse that. You can't reverse it. And you can't defend against it. It's yeah. People are dumb, and uh, instead of fun, like understanding, you want to secure your nation and you want to help your allies be secure and stuff like that. But at the same time, these billions of dollars that you're buying these protons and shit. How about you feed your poor people? How about you guarantee them housing? How about you support your own people? Before, like, look in your own backyard. You're not exactly taking care of your own people to decide that, you know... Uh, it just infuriates me. But getting back to the point so I can tie this up. Sorry. So, a lot of people say that the governments need to keep the base secret. Um, is just... just you know, where was I going with this? Honestly, I can't even remember. <laughs> Conspiracy. Conspiracy, indeed. Yeah, so basically it was to tie up whether or not there is in fact aliens. Is it all a cover-up? Or is it just all military, you know, infrastructure? This is what I was going to say. So apparently Hillary Clinton, she wanted in on a piece of the action. And in the 2016 race... She, as a candidate, said that she wanted to make more files about Area 51 public. And this is a quote saying, I would like us to go into these files and hopefully there is as much of the public of that public as possible. If there's nothing there, let's tell people there's nothing there. And that's what she told Jimmy Kimmel on Jimmy Kimmel Live in August. And um, apparently Bill Clinton was an advocate for looking on information of government knowledge and extraterrestrials during his presidency, but he wasn't given anything, any information about it. So basically, bottom line, if you're a tourist and you want to go visit, how close can you get? So you can drive up to the front and back gates. <laughs> Just don't go in, okay? Please don't do that. Um, because you can... Look, if they don't shoot you on site which I'm not saying they're going to do to everyone, and I'm not saying test it out and let's see what the ratio of gunshots to whatever is. But basically, you can get a, you you will get arrested. You can pay, a, you know, be forced to pay a $1,000 fine or six months in prison or both. Um, and basically, it's very heavily policed. The signage is, ouch, my toe, very, very clear. And um, apparently there are a lot of the circle, like the neighbouring towns that do a lot of stuff and they have a lot of campouts to see if they can see any technology or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and any sightings and whatnot. 
So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I found on that. So, to tie this up for myself, if we go back to this <laughs> this news article that I told you to save, right? The top of the page. Um, it allegedly, it's it was an image that was taken during the Roswell report. And it allegedly shows dummies, in quotation marks, in insulation bags to, this is a quote, to protect temperature-sensitive equipment, which is a little suspicious if you ask me, because that equipment just fell from the sky. Yeah. Anything that was perfectly calibrated is... in, uh, what year is this? Shit. What year are you? What? Honestly... It said it at the top of the paper, but now it's blurred 1997. out. Oh, nineteen ninety. But this was when it was added to the yeah. Google News, right? So this was way, way before then. Um, I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, that's all. Um, you know, that's a little suspicious. And all this just makes me want to marathon the X Files, and I kind of like want to look into Pine Gap, which is apparently Australia's equivalent of Area Fifty One. Um. And apparently there's also a sci-fi horror found footage movie called Area 51 that was made by the producers of Paranormal Activity. It came out in 2015. It looks kind of like watered down, but yep. I'm going to go see if I can get that. So, also too, what yes. if they were saying that the temperature-sensitive equipment was the pilots and because of the tech they had on them... Well, this is apparently from the air balloon. Yeah. Yeah. So it would make sense that you have dummies in there because they were... They're doing for crashes and stuff like that. Yeah. And they have these... I don't think that they're called membranes, but um, they mimic what your eardrum would do. Yeah. Like they, they, they use them a lot in Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, could you fucking imagine? Um, they used them a lot in Mythbusters. Yeah. And if the membrane ruptures, you can uh, clearly see if someone is affected or not yep but like I don't know a lot of people were saying these are body bags um being used to recover alien victims from the flying from the crash of a flying saucer and that's the air force file photo I just thought it was it is cool cool. to look back and sort of see sort of you know things that have happened and then people have like blown everything out of proportion so imagine if imagine if there was a secret code in that message If anyone can decode it, I ain't smart enough to do that. Be my guest. <laughs> um, we'll petition Dan Bilzerian to take us down. Because yep. he's the only guy in Vegas with enough money and stupidity to host this. Yeah. And I've always said that I wanted Dan Bilzerian to help me break into... T- I'm joking. I don't, I'm joking, Asia, when I say this. I don't mean... Hello, Asia. But, yeah, just come on. But, you know, what happens if it doesn't turn out to be... Ooh. What happens if, if it turns out to be the Nazi bell that crashed? That's another podcast right there. Add it to the list of topics because you suggest all this stuff and then you're like, oh, what did I talk about, Steph? And then I'm like, I, I'm left with, I don't know, mate. Hmm. So, essentially, who, who wants to go out into the desert? Not me. No. I'm a, I don't belong in the desert. Bunkers. Like, the fact that NORAD gets used, you know, in so many movies, and then they kind of, you know, put it back in action. Really cool. Very, very cool. 
be interesting to see sort of how much damage that thing can take. I assume it's a lot. What, Norad? Yeah. Cheyenne Mountain. Norad is in Cheyenne Mountain. Apparently they do alien stuff the underground too. Yeah, they all do alien stuff underground. Oh, add it to the list, that's all I'm going to say. Yep. Add it to the list. Oh, shit. It is. Yeah. It's the only way in or out is a tunnel. Yeah. The, uh, look, this is an, I'm not going to start reading facts out now because that's a different podcast. Add it to the list and I'm going to try and break it up so we're not just doing like aliens, 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 aliens. I'll spread it out a little bit, but I kind of... What do you want the next week's topic to be on? Um, I kind of want to do it on something scary. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Let's see. What would it be... Or do you want to do it on something weird like Atlantis? Oh, we could do Atlantis. That'd be cool. Maybe Atlantis. I have a yeah. list of stuff there. I also wanted to do, like... I, we have a list. So I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But, like, I'll, I'll get him to decide for something that's there. Yep. And it's the end of the page. So you choose something. Highlight it. Done. Just so I can do my research. But apart from that, that's all I had prepped today. Yeah, that was a good prep. Thanks. Um... Yeah. Sorry it wasn't like as paraphrased as I would have liked it to be. I was literally, when you were like, we're recording, this was on Sunday afternoon, we were like, let's record the podcast. And I was like, oh shit, I haven't prepped for anything. I was going to, I was planning on doing it on Friday night, but then I just couldn't be asked after being in the lab all week. And I was just like, I can't look at my computer screen for another two hours to do this. Yeah. So that's it. I think we should sign off. Yeah. I have a six o'clock start tomorrow. I need a shower. I need to feed the floofs. I apologise again that the fridge has been going on. But look, when we move, you're not going to have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. It's just because it's summer right now. Yeah. It's really warm. It'll be a quiet fridge. So, anything else? No, that's cool. Any other closing comments? What do you think after all the information I told you today? I just think it's all military testing. You need lots of space... America's got lots of infrastructure. They've got the money. It's always... And so they're not going to put an alien tech base only 134 k's away from one of the biggest cities in the state, in no. the country. And the fact you can find it on Google Earth, it wouldn't be... Like, it wouldn't be visible. Anything that... Were they part of the Fitbit breach? I don't know. But maybe that's something we can look up next time. Because that would be... Uh... Very funny to see. <laughs> they may have yep. been. They were. You'd be showing where all the traffic is. Yep. Fitbit seat pays to be lazy. Jesus. What do you do? I don't know. People are dumb. People just don't get it. <laughs> anyway, Huzel, I think we're done there. Yep. Um, thank you so much for listening, everyone. I really like that, you know, we, we've been consistent. And I like the 8pm on a Sunday. But if anyone has a another time that they prefer on a Sunday, I prefer to have it, like on a Sunday evening or late afternoon unless that way people have something to listen to 
during the week if they want that's all on your commute to work or school or doing stuff at home being an adult or young kid that you are but apart from that thank you so much everyone i apologize we're we're literally tired and overheated and like heat stroke and i i just don't like it yeah i can't brain but thank you so much have a lovely evening Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening to our ramblings. And you shall hear our annoying voices um, this time next week. Yes. Au revoir. Ta ta for now. And we'll see you next week. Yes. If I hadn't said that already, which I'm pretty sure we had. Yep, see you next bye week. Bye bye. Bye bye.